Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I'm your host. And today on the show, Mo and Tana Ottinger walk us through uh, the importance and the practicality uh, behind building in traditions, routines, and rituals with your family. So uh, we all are big on making memories around the holidays. Um, Each of us uh, tend to be, and don't let me speak for you, but I'll speak for ourselves uh, who are on the show today. Uh, We love making memories around the holidays with our families. We all um, talked about vivid memories that we've got from um, times growing up and things that we got to do and experience. Uh, What we wanted to do today was talk about a little bit of, uh, number one, the science behind that. Why is that? Why are memories and um, the art of making memories of family, why is that important? scientifically. Second, how do uh, the senses and sensory experiences play into that? We're also going to cover just the importance of ritual, routine, and tradition in your family rhythms. Um, as with everything we always talk about, it will not be prescriptive. This is, this is not uh, the A, B, and C of exactly how to do that. But we do want to give you some very practical ideas and tips for you to be able to tailor these things and take these things and make them your own uh, within your own family context. And so uh, this is, I think, one of the best episodes we've ever recorded around holiday content. And I'm super excited for you guys to uh, to listen to it today. So without any further ado, uh, here's Mo, Tana, and myself talking about making memories. Well, Mo and Tana Ottinger are with me today, and we're going to talk about the importance of uh, making memories and connection um, and play during the holidays with our kids. And so um, this is something that is near and dear to all of our hearts in in kind of unique ways. Um, And so we wanted to to talk today about this because um, on the front end of sort of the holiday season, um, we can get wrapped up in all of the you know, busyness and it's, it's cliche to talk about the hustle and bustle, but it's, it's like that for a reason. Like it is a, can be a stressful time of year where we tend to push off, uh, the things that matter in, in reprioritize in an unhealthy way, our lives. And so, um, guys, before we kind of jump into the practical side of making memories with our kids and, and establishing traditions and all that, why don't we explain sort of the big picture of, um, how making memories ties in with connection. Tana, do you want to talk through that for a minute? Yeah, sure. Um, we've talked about this on other episodes, so we could always go back and hit play on some of those others, but what I immediately think of is just the benefit of routines and rituals and using those routines and rituals and play, like really those three things, routines, rituals, and play are all foundational connecting practices in building a strong foundation of trust and relationship. And when those relate, when, when those things are present in a parent child relationship, it is a huge um, win for felt safety and connection and a child feeling seen and safe and having um, the ability to like know what to expect, um, routines, rituals, and play. And in this case, we would be thinking about doing those like under the, the idea of memory making at the holidays. It builds into the child a sense of like family culture. Like, this is the culture of our family, and these are the things that we do, and this is who we are. I mean, those are, like, foundational hallmarks of secure attachment. Like, I belong in this family culture. I'm part of this family culture, and this family culture has um, a dependability and a rhythm to it. 
And the holidays are like just the perfect time. They're always going to come back around. And, you know, I I don't want to go too far ahead of even some of the topics today, but I will just say this off the bat. Um, Some of you might be just feeling like, I can't can't even listen to this episode. I'm just going to turn it off because... I feel overwhelmed and there's too much going on and thinking about making memories and putting rituals into place, like feels like another task to do. And maybe my encouragement would be to like, think about this conversation from the perspective of how can I build in play and rhythm and routine and memory making into the tasks that we already have to do. And early on, like years and years ago, when we, you know, didn't have as many kids and I wasn't working and I was home all the time, I went like absolutely overboard. Like (laughs) if there was something you could do and call it a holiday memory, I was doing it. Like all the children had their own aprons from Pottery Barn that were monogrammed (laughs) with their names. And by golly, they were wearing those. (laughs) We were making Christmas cookies for the 45th time in the kitchen that year. I mean... I like had my list of, it was 30, 40 activities deep. I mean, it was a lot, y'all. I was a lot. I'm always a lot. I was a little extra. And, you know, just a couple of decades into parenting, I can say it's not, it's not entirely, it it is, there is some component to actually doing the things that make the memory. There is a component to that, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. And it doesn't mean you have to get busier. So it doesn't mean you have to get busier. It just, it takes a little intentionality and a mindset shift. So that's kind of my, my initial thoughts. Well, and if I jump in, like, I think, and I think that's a great point in that, like, I get overwhelmed when I start thinking about uh, um, making memories and all the things we have to do around the, uh, around holidays, right? Like it's okay. We've got to get new pajamas, Oh, we've got to do a night where we drive around and see the lights and we've got to have hot chocolate and we've got to like it all of a sudden it just becomes a massive overwhelming list. And I I know for me, there were seasons that my focus was on the list. Like, like, you know, if I'm on, no, you know, tonight we're all getting in the car, we're all drinking hot chocolate, and we're going to see these lights. You know, <laughs> this is the plan. And, you know. Hey, Mo, do you remember the Christmas that we, we also would go get donuts, by the way. We would do hot no, chocolate. One donuts. year we got milkshakes and took, the, decided to take the dog and one of the what kids tripped and spilled a milkshake <laughs> on our lap in the car. In the car. But, yeah. but, but by golly, we, we were there. We're all going to be in the car, and and it's like um, with our Christmas pajamas on, with the dog, of and course, the of course. So I just and everyone's going to be happy. Yes, yeah, that's they right. are. That's by right. golly, except that's for right. me, and except for us, because we are not happy. <laughs> right. You know, so oh, I think I, I think I, th- I mean you said nuance, like that was you used the word nuance. I would say, I think as we talk through some things, just for parents to think through, to be, to understand their family, the rhythm of their family, their children, the needs of their children, whatever that looks like, you know, guests coming to visit, grandparents, aunties, uncles, all that sort of thing. Like what's the flow of the holidays, Mm -hmm. managing their expectations because 
you know, (laughs) there's also this, like, as a parent, I really want to do well. I want to make memories. I have the expectation that I'm going to be the dad and I'm going to own the holidays. Like, (laughs) I'm going to be that dad. I'm not going to be the deadbeat dad. I'm going to own the holidays. Right. And then there's this expectation that you're going to own the holidays and your kids are going to love everything. And there is this nuance. <laughs> and Donna's laughing because I, I just had a visual of you like thinking you're Clark Griswold. Or something. <laughs> I know. Like, like, I was up in the house being all Clark Griswold on us. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, so I think just, yeah. you know, as we're talking, I think just everybody take a deep breath. Yeah. What can, what can you do? Yeah. And and making memories don't have to be these grandiose things. Like right. Right. I've just also realized this as I now have kids that range from nine to twenty-one. Yeah. There'll be times we'll be driving somewhere or walking around the neighborhood that some of my older kids will they'll just talk about something, a memory they had. And it's not off it's not off always these big grandiose things yeah, yeah. you know that that happened um this well orchestrated planned right. all in matching outfits it's right well but that did make a really good picture for instagram how they loved that. <laughs> so those pic- i'm sorry to interrupt you but the the matching outfits did give me a good picture for instagram although right. they right. may not remember it as a great memory Sure. Well, and it's more important to have a picture that you can later say, look, we did all have fun. Yeah. (laughs) Something that just came to me, Mo, when you were talking um, is I think memory making happens both through grandiose experiences. So there is something to be true of that. Your kids, you could do something really extravagant and grand and you're going to lay into them memory. That's going to happen. They're going to go to Disney or they're going to go on that trip or they're going to go to the beach or they're going to have, you know, the best Christmas present they ever wanted is going to show up under the tree. And that is going to lay in important memory. I I really am a huge believer in that, but it doesn't only happen in that way. Like Mm -hmm. memory making happens again in that rhythm that happens. Like the the day in, the day out, the the bedtime, the what do we do at night? The do we watch Christmas movies? Like, I mean, I, we would be more than happy to like tell you guys some of like what our holiday traditions are, and even just like it. So, some of them cost money, and some of them don't. Right. But but they are they are the the things that we have found as a family are the ones that we are going to prioritize. Like, if Mark and I are going to add some things to our task list. They're going to be very intentional and they're going to bring all of us shared joy and delight. The things that Mark and I may have wished that we could do, this is about the expectations piece. Like maybe those weren't the right things for our kids. (laughs) And so we needed to be flexible and we needed to think like, again, this is a moment to sort of circle up the Ottinger family and figure out what's our family culture, what are our values and what works for us. Yeah. And I am certain that's really different than even you guys, JD. Like what works for yeah. the Wilsons is not what works for the Ottingers and is totally. not what works for any of our listeners. Like it's about having the mindset and the intentionality and understanding the value, which I think is maybe harks back to your first question. Like, why are we even having this conversation? Because we fundamentally believe that play and memory making and routines and rituals 
are really healthy for our children. Yeah. And yeah. they do, it's almost like I have a little visual sometimes of like those patterns like ground their little feet mm-hmm. to the ground. Mm-hmm. It like That's helps good. them know where they belong in the world. Like, oh, I belong here. Yeah. This is my place. And I can know what's coming. And I can, it's it's the things that don't take them by surprise. Yeah. Like, especially our kids who've experienced transition or trauma. Like, they need to know what's coming. And setting those routines and rhythms and traditions into place help them have this sense of belonging. Yeah. That are, like, magical. I mean, it's, I love it. I am, I am a, a holiday guru. I love it so very much. Um, thus, you know, I used to do the monogrammed. Aprons. By the way, nobody in my house wears those anymore. <laughs> I found an old tub of Christmas when Mo brought down the Christmas bins from the attic a couple weeks ago, and I'm not going to talk about how many of them there were. Right. When he brought them down, and I was popping them open, and it must have been one we haven't opened in forever, and it was all the four older kids' little aprons <laughs> with their names monogrammed on them, and I had this sense of like, oh, I never got these from my younger kids. And I was thinking, like, can I take out, like, with the seam ripper, some of these <laughs> put our younger kids' names on them? And I'm right. like, Tana, there's a reason. That was not your best plan. Like, right. nobody right. liked right. the aprons. Anyway, um, I digress. Well, but, you know, we talk about wanting to be. Are, are we going to talk about it? <laughs> are, we talking about what? are we going to talk about how we, we have 10 Christmas trees in our house this year? Are we going to talk about that? Well, no, that's not part of this episode. <laughs> oh man! Well, so you know, I, okay, I think right. in the in the categories of things that are not part of this episode, I think we all think of uh, as we're going into holidays. You mentioned you know you're wanting to be Clark Griswold, and and when we say that, we usually mean that as like we're going to own Christmas. And the actual movie, Cousin Eddie, shows up and ruins everything. Right? Ruins all of his plans. I, I have never felt more Clark Griswold in my entire life than, uh, and just real life moment, one of our kids. We got a phone call uh, from school. One of our kids tested positive for COVID the other day. And we, it, Christmas is our favorite. It is the Wilson's favorite uh, holiday season. We love, I mean, all the things y'all are talking about, like driving around and giving irrational amounts of sugar to our kids and looking at Christmas lights and going downtown to tree lightings and doing, all, you know, like... Christmas concerts and all that. Like we love all the Christmas things. And, and, um, and so, you know, one of our favorite weekends, um, is coming up and <laughs> we now <laughs> are all quarantined together. And so I, I want to like also interject that sometimes, uh, cousin Eddie shows up at the worst possible time and you have to realize that you got to stay flexible. And, and while that is naturally something that I do, uh, rather easily. Like I am a pretty flexible person. I am, you know, I love spontaneity. I love doing things, um, you know, off the cuff or spur of the moment. It, it, it is also an art as a parent to be able to hold loosely these things that we really, really want to emphasize and do during, for example, a holiday season. Um, and also remember that sometimes, um, like you said, the memories are in the grandiose things. And sometimes those memories are in, oh my gosh, there's milkshake all over the dog. Uh, one of us got sick and we had to stay inside the entire time. Um, and you got to figure out how to pivot during those points and still make memories. And so last night, you know, in order for us to, to spend some time hanging out with this kid who is quarantined upstairs all by themselves, uh, they came out on the, on the, on the roof and we just, we, we are normally not, you know, letting children hang out on our roof, but 
this was extenuating circumstances, and I was there to catch them if they fell. But, uh, the, you know, this kid in particular uh, walked outside, and my wife said, hey, throw the basketball up there. So we throw the basketball up, and it became a dude-perfect showdown of, of, you know, this kid mm-hmm. chucking basketballs off the roof. And, by the way, we might have a rookie of the year situation where, like, a, an unforeseen sickness all of a sudden makes this kid a basketball superstar because, I mean, I think – I think we hit seven shots last night off the roof, like from behind the basketball goal. Oh, <laughs> so that's so fun. JB. But it was fun. Everybody's cheering that. and like having fun with it. And yeah. we have a perfect slow-mo video of it. And so um it it doesn't make it any better to have COVID. And, and we're so grateful that, you know, there's not symptoms attached. And so far this kid feels fine and all that. But um, but it's gonna force us this next couple of days to just to have different plans. Like we we got a different situation right now than we normally have. And so in those situations, and I think for some of us, that's, that can be situational in like a, a sickness or illness or a, tra- a travel ban or whatever. It sometimes can also be you're a new young family establishing and maybe your kids have a different history than you have. And all of a sudden you're realizing, oh gosh, like we went to this tree lighting and everything blew up and this kid's losing their minds the entire time. We might not can do tree lightings as a family. How else can we pivot to do that? So I think everything we said in the setup to this is, is really important. It also guys like we, (laughs) and we talk about this all the time. There's just no way to escape that. Like we've got to parent with our whole hearts and engage and be present with our kids and be there or the stuff we do doesn't matter right? So there can be grandiose plans and really fun stuff and cool Instagram pictures and we can all hate each other because we're all being terrible about it, you know? No. (sighs) JD, when you say that, it makes me think about just, just the beauty of like embracing spontaneity. So how it's that, I think that's why I said it's like nuanced, right? It's, it's this little dance between being intentional and having a plan, which we need and the structure, like, um, you know, routines and rhythms are part of the structure of your family. Right. So how do you balance structure and nurture in memory making? And it means that like we do need to know, like kind of on the calendar, there needs to be a couple of nights yeah. that are available for the possibility of, we'll use the same example. Like we could maybe go you know, look at Christmas lights in our PJs with our hot chocolate and donuts and no dogs on Wednesday night (laughs) or Saturday night this week. Yeah. So Mo and I've talked and we know that's something that we want to try to do this week. And we have a couple of nights that we know that we could do that. And then we're going to be flexible and spontaneous based on how our children are doing that evening. Yeah. And it might be dinner time and everybody seems to be in a pretty good headspace and nobody's got major homework. And I can look at him and be like, hey, you want to go? And it feels spontaneous. Right. right. But we knew that we could have done it tonight or Saturday night. Yeah. Like, so I think there's that little dance between being intentional and flexible and spontaneous. And you've yeah. got, I mean, that that is just like necessary for emotional spiritual and family well-being. Totally. Like if you are if you can't find that rhythm then then there is going to be pretty significant disappointment and I think relational ruptures that aren't necessary. Yeah, totally. Um Yeah, Mo, did you have something on well, your I was just going to say it's it's you it's this is going to sound uh, 
I don't know. I don't even know the word, but like you, you've got a, a plan spontaneity. <laughs> like you gotta, yeah. you gotta plan yeah. your flexibility. You've got to, I just, I just encourage parents that you know that there's opportunities over the next month that realistically you could do something every night. And yes. so yeah. is that realistic? What, again, it's being attuned to your children and understanding your family and navigating all of that um, and even navigating some expectations out of your immediate family, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe the grandparents have some expectations. And and so you've got to factor in all these things. And then, okay, for my little, my little group, my, my, my kiddos and spouse and, you know, that's under my roof. How do I plan accordingly and, and be attuned to what each child needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, expectation. I mean, we we have six kids that go a, a, a broad, you know, 21 down to nine. And yeah. um, each of those needs something different. Yeah. And so, you know, even the expectation of all eight of us going out to doing something, you know, doing something together you know, if I'm honest, that was an, that would be an expectation that I would have years ago. Now it's not, that's yeah. not, my goal is mm-hmm. again, to connect and going back to what you were talking about, to connect with each child. Yeah. And if that yeah. means last night mm-hmm. at nine o'clock, one of my kids is like, Hey dad, you know, can we go get a peppermint shake at Chick-fil-A? Yes, let's go, man. And yeah. so he yeah. and I, we, 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 Bam, we're out the door and there's this moment, right? It's the holidays. Let's get this limited edition shake at nine o'clock for that kid. Did I all of a sudden go wake my little ones up and then try to get everybody? No, I just connected with that one kiddo. Um, Now, are there moments that we could get all of them? I mean, surprisingly, over Thanksgiving, they all wanted to go see a movie. First time we've gone in two years to the movie theater to see a movie. Um, Of course, we bought tickets, and then when it came time to get in the car and go, one of them didn't want to go. (laughs) But again, flexed. Yeah, that's all right. You know. Um, So, yeah, it's just to each kiddo. Yeah, yeah, Mo. You said something that made me think of. I hadn't thought about it till you were just talking. Usually, sometime around this time, maybe about a week ago, there will be individual conversations across all of our kids. And this has been really helpful for me. Um, Again, I can go like big and unnecessary and over the top. So it's what has been helpful for me is to have a conversation and ask each of them individually, like what is important for you that like what's something that we do that's that's really important for you, a memory or a tradition, and and then what is something that you want to do, and is there anything that we do that causes you like undue stress or anxiety or is something that's like not your favorite thing to do. And I, I'll get, I'll just let them have an opportunity. And, you know, it might be random things. Like I really like that smell that you, you know, the candle that you always burn at Christmas time in the kitchen. And we can talk about sensory experiences in a minute, but you know, one of them might say that. And one of them might be like, I do not like it when we're all in the car and we're trying to go see Christmas lights. It just makes me stressed out. I I don't love that. And then somebody else might say, I really love it when we go do this or that, or when we have this experience or when we play this game, or, I mean, there can be any number of answers, but if we can have those intentional conversations and let our children have voice 
instead of like making assumptions and like setting them up to like not enjoy what we're doing, like this is the flexibility part. If, you know, if we have six kids and three of them say, I love it when we go get hot chocolate and donuts and do lights. And two of them say, that causes me so much stress. I do not like being piled in the car like that. And then another one's like, yeah, I'm really not into that this year. Then Mark and I can decide, okay, what's the goal? Well, okay, let's go way back. Why are we doing what we are doing? And let's keep the goal in mind. Yes. And if the goal is for our children to feel seen and to have fun and to set memories in, we might actually reach that goal by letting a couple of kids opt out mm-hmm. and say, you know what, sweetie, why don't you just stay home and cuddle in and let's turn the fire on and maybe you guys watch a movie while we're gone and like give them a hug and kiss. And, and basically they go, thanks, mom and dad did not make us go do that this year. Right. And right. that's more impactful than making them get in the car. Yep. Yeah, um, totally. So taking a temperature... And letting your kids have the ability to have an individual opinion over the holidays is real. I just can't overstate the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned it. Um, so why don't we begin walking toward talking about the senses and uh, sensory systems and memory making and how those two things play together? And Tana, why don't you start? And then Mo, I'd love for you to share about the article that you read yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. later. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that Mark and I knew that this was even a thing that like that memory is, I mean, deeply connected to sensory experience. And, and we did not know this was a thing 20 years ago when we started parenting, Oh come on! but it meant something. What's that? Let's, let's take credit. Yes, we were. Oh, we totally did. We were ahead of the time. Totally. We totally. Yeah. Yeah, did. totally. We did not. We did not. <laughs> I just knew, I mean, this is so funny. I just knew that there was a smell that I liked at Christmas time in the holidays, a candle. It was one particular candle and I liked the smell of it. And so in order to just do what I wanted to do, I bought that candle every single holiday, the same exact candle and would burn it in the kitchen. And I think the older kids, I mean, they were probably in there, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven. And I asked that question, hey guys, what are, you know, what do you want to do? What's important to you separately? And like three of the four of them said, it's the Christmas smell in the kitchen. That's what I love the most. And I was like, all right, check. It's the candle. It's the you know, the candle that I felt like was extravagant, my Yankee candle that I love every holiday. And it is, to, to them, it is Christmas. And, you know, the, the longer we've gone, now the more that we've learned, it, it makes sense to me that those rituals and rhythms are being laid into place through the senses, mostly. It's what we ate. Think about that. When you go, you, we just had, you know, many of us just celebrated Thanksgiving, And you know what you want to eat at Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving isn't Thanksgiving if you don't eat that thing. Well, that's a sensory experience. So just being thoughtful about how the senses play a role in memory making can help you if you've got limited time, limited finances, and limited bandwidth, like, and you need a home run or two, over the holidays and some rhythm, some rituals you can put into place, then I would say run to something that is a sensory experience, a smell, a cookie you always bake, something that's always at the table, the same foods, like 
meet their sensory needs. And if you can't do anything else, I mean, I, I really do absolutely believe, and we have seen to be true, that most often the memories they say are the ones that are still there, you know, 20 years into parenting are the ones connected to something sensory. Well, and I think what's what's unprompted, I feel like over the last six months, driving in the car or walking around the neighborhood or standing in the kitchen, like one-on-one, each of our older kids have said something about how a smell takes them back to a memory. And we're not talking about holiday memory. We're not talking about cookies or whatever. Like um, like one of my kiddos was smelling coffee. Well, I used to be in the coffee business years ago. So all my older kids were in the kitchen. And when they smelled the coffee brewing, they, they, they started talking about like fun memories they had in our roasting facility, jumping from the big green bags to green. Like they were telling stories and it was all about the smell or one of my kiddos went for a walk around the neighborhood the other day and talked about the smell in the neighborhood reminded them of when they used to go to our grandparents in Texas or something. You know, it was like, so it's all, it's amazing what the sensory, we, we know this for us personally, um, but just the power of sense, senses. And I, I think, so I've been reminded of that, but what was interesting this week, I came across an article um. And it was like helping the science behind helping your children make memories. And it talked about how all the senses, sights and smells and hearing and on and on what that does in the brain. And like, we know this, like my kiddos, for some, just if I, if I take school, for example, if I if we ask one of my kiddos to sit down and they've got to they've got to memorize these um, memorize some spelling you know they've got a test on Friday we have found with one of my kiddos that if they just sat down at the kitchen and had to memorize those as spelling words they would not do well we've got to add some sensory things to them right like we got to get their body moving we got to get them writing them out we got to get them they can be on the basketball court, spelling them out while they shoot. They can, like, there's different things that we do with that child to help ingrain them in their brain, right? To, to do yeah. that. And I, and what was interesting reading this article about the science of like to help our children make deep lasting mem- memories. I mean, it, it goes through, we've got to engage the senses and it's the, and the title of the article is like the science of making memories. And um, and I think all of us, all of our listeners, all of us, that's true. Like we can talk about things and we remember going to our grandparents and the smell of our grandparents' house. We can remember being in the fields at my uncle's, like all those things. It, it just comes back to, to sensory. I, I feel hearing you say that, Mo, I'm thinking about, I don't know if any of our listeners are like, oh, I haven't been doing this well. Maybe my kids are in middle school or yeah, you know, whatever age range your kids might be high school. Oh, I haven't done this well. Um, I, I, th- I think maybe my encouragement would be like, it's never too late to start buying the same candle year after year. I mean, it can literally be that simple. Like it's never too late to say, hey, we are, we have, we, we all love, um, I mean, Mo and, and one of our kids makes an apple pie every Thanksgiving, and they just have been doing it for like a decade, and it's their thing. It's never too late to start 
a new rhythm and ritual and tradition. It's, it's never too late. It doesn't matter yeah, how old your totally. kids are. And, you know, if you've got an older kid, I was thinking about like a sensory experience. What if, you know, what if you've got an older daughter and you haven't been doing something? Maybe you could start a yearly trip to the nail salon where you guys go and get a pedicure and a manicure and a special Christmas manicure. And that's something that you do year after year that can go far into adulthood. So it, but it, it, it does not, these things don't happen on accident. That's maybe my biggest encouragement. They they don't have to take a ton of capacity or money, but they do take intentionality and, and let some other things go if you need to and and just find one or two things that you can say we will start doing this from here on out this this i believe i can start and maintain and it can become something that is a rhythm and the kids can expect it um and i think it's just that the importance of that can't be overstated mm. it can't mm. be overstated well uh, as we start to kind of wrap up here and and um, head for home, so to speak, um, any last thoughts on on this um, as we wrap up, wh- whether it's on making memories or play or sensory or any of that? I mean, I'm tempted to like go through a list of all the wonderful fun things that we do because they make <laughs> me so happy. So like in closing, I want to be like, oh, you could do this and you could do this and like give our listeners like a list of like 10 things they could do. But I'm hesitating to do that, J.D., because I think that that it's not about doing the thing that the Ottingers do. Like that's that's actually the exact wrong thing. I'm fighting a temptation because I am like, I like to brainstorm and like share fun ideas. Right. But... I do want to say out loud, I'm biting my tongue and I'm opting not to do that Yeah, because yeah. I really think it's about just stepping back and going, what do we need? Mm-hmm. Like, what does our family need? What do I need? And like, it, you know, if there's something that you need, like it was, I was the one that needed that candle every year. Like, what do you need? And take care of yourself through a tradition and ritual while also creating a family culture um, of play and memory making. Um, So I'm not going to give a list of ideas because we all know them. And (laughs) find them. Find the one or two that are right, that bring you some joy, hopefully. Bring your kids some joy. And let some people opt out. Be flexible. And I, I think if I had a closing, I mean, I, just thinking through, you know, for years, um, just as a dad, I worked in, you know, retail. And mm-hmm. so December was like, just you know, nuts. I was gone yeah. early and I was home really late. And just going back to the intentional and prioritizing, like the reality of a work schedule for you and the busy and the crazy of just maybe life right now, you may not have the flexibility, you know, from, for whatever reason. So just again, don't forget the goal is connection with your child and, um, and how can you find those moments to connect and, 
don't lose sight of that um, during this season. And yeah, and and in the little and the big, whatever you can do, connect. That's great. That's great. Well, guys, we appreciate it so much. And uh, we'll link that article that Mo referenced in the show notes in case you want to read it for yourself. And then um, if you have the internet, I would encourage you if you need brainstorming um, to Google. <laughs> there are going to be so many ideas. billion ideas. And that will allow you probably the inspiration you need to think about, well, we couldn't do it in this way. Maybe we could do it in this way. So I love that. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Uh, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. Well, hopefully that episode was as helpful for you as it was uh, for us. It was, it was just a great reminder. And Mo and Tana are so good in this uh, area, specifically with, with their family and uh, began to watch them from a distance and kind of see this happen. I was excited for them to talk about it and share uh, those things with the world. So uh, we've got one more live episode, one more new episode coming up this season. So we'll have uh, our last episode of the season airing next week. And then we'll be airing a few of our favorites, kind of the greatest hits, so to speak, over the, over the next couple of weeks. And we'll return in January with all new episodes. We've also got uh, some new content coming, um, new parenting training courses. I mean, we, we've got a lot scheduled for 2022 and we are so excited uh, to be able to start talking about it. It's been under wraps for so long and we've been working on it kind of behind the scenes. You may have heard us reference it here or there, but um, it is coming down the pipe in 2022 and we're so excited to bring it to you. And so for Mo and Tana Ottinger, for the whole team at ETC, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, and for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast. I'm J.D. Wilson, and we will see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast. Mm-hmm.